today I'm going to talk about something I put together several years ago that generated a lot of discussion in the clinical community amongst my peers, physical therapists and strength coaches, but I thought it would be great to share it with the people who listen to this podcast. The path to recovery is a graphic that I put together for patients at my clinic to illustrate what a typical recovery looked like in terms of functional progress over a period of time, typically anywhere from six months to a year. After seeing enough patients and reading enough peer-reviewed research over the years, I began to notice a few interesting patterns emerge in how my patients got better. The first is that the trajectories of recovery followed most injuries followed a pretty stable pattern. They varied from person to person, but the pattern overall remained about the same. And I'm going to break them down into three phases for the purposes of this podcast. The first phase of the recovery occurs from the moment you sustain an injury or surgery up till about 12 to 16 weeks. It's kind of that, you know, WTF phase where you're still trying to come to grips that something pretty big just happened. Uh, Pretty big injury, pretty big surgery. Although I will be honest that this pattern stays pretty stable even for minor injuries, but that's for another podcast. These things like injuries and, and surgeries will really dork up your vibe for a while. And they're most likely going to alter or eliminate your training for a certain period of time. Even if it's a pretty short period of time, it's going to be felt almost immediately as an impact in your training program. It can also be pretty depressing and stressful because it usually places an extra burden, not only on you, but also your loved ones to maybe help out a little bit more around the house or at work. Um, The first phase of a recovery, there's a lot going on. And it doesn't seem like a big deal when you think of just the injury itself. But if you look at the ripple effect and the, the effect that it has on you and the people around you, it's actually an important part of the recovery. It's a time for everyone to be patient with each other in preparation for the road ahead. Physically, things are pretty straightforward during this phase. Things like pain, range of motion, self-reported function often show a pretty nice linear improvement over the course of a three-to-month period of time. The great thing about this phase is that in the recovery, biology drives the process primarily with only minimal steering required by either myself or um, another healthcare provider. It's kind of a self-governing process. But the general rule of thumb is at this stage, you don't want to do anything stupid. So you got to pay attention to the biology of the process. It's, it's an important phase. It's largely self-guiding, but boy, can we screw it up. At this stage, I'm kind of a sheepdog. I help patients understand that the early process is rocky, but we typically see steady improvements. I also try to prepare patients for the next phase of the recovery, which is typically much longer and a little more challenging to navigate. Smart but simple exercise programming usually dominates this phase therapeutically. Typically, we're trying to stabilize the patient's pain levels, restore range of motion, and build a baseline of strength for pedestrian activities. So just walking, reaching, putting on clothes, all that kind of basic stuff. We want that stuff to be pretty smooth and easy. As your coach, I'm there to manage problems. 
For the patient, it means doing reasonable things to keep the pain in check. Things like listening to your body and trusting the advice of a licensed healthcare provider. Push when you can and lay low when it's needed, too. No major acceleration or deacceleration of your general activity levels are appropriate here. We want to keep things relatively level. If you had a knee surgery, I'm typically having you get daily cardio on the arm bike. And if you've had um, shoulder surgery, I'm trying to get you to do daily cardio on a, a regular bike. It's really boring stuff, to be just quite honest. But I really want this phase to be not just a time where you convalesce and you do absolutely nothing, um, because that's going to make the next phase of the recovery a lot trickier. I want to try to, to hold what you've got from a fitness standpoint, maybe even build on it a little bit while you're, while you're recovering. This early phase is pretty straightforward. The next phase of the recovery happens over a much longer period of time, usually from three to nine months after the injury or surgery. It's harder to define, but it's, it's also pretty important. Generally, uh, patients are coming out of the more acute phases of the recovery, and hopefully pain levels are starting to stabilize a little bit. Typically, though, there's still a good portion of activities that are really giving them a hard time. To me, this is where the fun begins. At least, it's fun for me. Where we can start identifying a target activity, what I would call the cool thing and orienting towards that activity. If you're a runner, we start the process of transitioning to pre-running and actual running activity. If you're a bow hunter, maybe we dial your draw weight way down and we start integrating that into rehab. If you're a combative athlete, maybe you start doing light drills, a little bit of floor work, shrimping, and that sort of thing. It's pretty fun. The idea is to begin shaping your recovery into the form that will eventually become your desired activity. My process is to modify the activity to fit you, and then gradually you adapt and modify to handle the demand of the activity. It's, I'll be honest, it's a fun time when we get to see you taking your first steps into activities that you love. It just takes some time to get there. Like I said, this is kind of a three to nine month process, depending on the nature and the severity of the injury that you had. As your therapist at this stage, I'm trying to still keep you on the path. I want to keep you engaged with your activities. At first, it may just be kind of a, a conceptual engagement where we're just establishing timeframes and creating a plan. You know, that's a fun part of it too. Then we get to set out by executing the plan and adapting it as we need it. You know, Mike Tyson famously said, you know, everybody has a game plan until they get punched in the mouth. So it, when We'll have a plan, but we're going to have to be ready to adapt the plan to what your body gives us. Really, at this stage, aren't coming to the clinic a whole lot. So my role as a clinician starts to wind down during this stage. I'm usually not seeing people three to six months uh, after a surgery or injury. That's pretty rare. As a patient during this stage, you have to realize that your body's going to adapt to the demands that you put on it. It's that simple. If you impose reasonable loads over a long period of time, you're going to see nice, slow, steady progress. It's kind of like watching grass grow, and it requires patience and it requires persistence. You're going to need to know that the rate of progress you'll see is painfully slow. And sometimes you're going to feel like you're not getting anywhere. This is, to me, the major danger zone in the process. 
and the path to recovery. Because this is where in desperation, you're going to feel like you're not getting a lot of progress day to day like you were in the first stage. And you're going to start doing some crazy things to enhancing recovery. Uh, and there's a big marketplace for that kind of behavior. You end up spending a lot of money, wasting a lot of money, going to healthcare providers that you probably don't need to go see. Unfortunately, you can typically avoid all that by realizing that this is a process and you just need to keep your head down. You just need to keep going. Stay on the path. The final stage of the recovery takes you into what should look like your normal training program or look at something like what you used to do before you had your injury. There's probably still going to be some nagging issues, but they're minimal. Things like strength, range of motion, balance, body awareness, they're all looking pretty good. Also, your confidence should be pretty high and you're ready to be released back into the wild. As your coach, I'm there to manage problems. But to be honest, if I've done my job correctly, you should know how to handle most of the ups and downs by now. Hopefully, you're pretty adherent to a strength and conditioning program along with your chosen activity. I'm more of an accountability buddy at this point. Minor problem solving. As a patient, you need consistency. It's going to get boring. And there's going to be plenty of times you'll think you don't need to train or do all the little things that have gotten you this far. Don't believe it. Despite all you've been through, there's still a chance that you have some noteworthy deficits that still need to be addressed through consistent, smart training. So there it is. If you've had a significant injury or surgery you're dealing with, there are some things I advise to keep you on this path. First, find a team of healthcare providers who have your health and your activity goals in mind. This isn't always as easy as it seems as there's still plenty of lousy healthcare professionals out there who think running is bad for your knees and this jujitsu stuff looks kind of scary. You know, I generally recommend avoiding those types of healthcare providers. Have an understanding that a significant injury often takes much longer than you realize for a full recovery. And don't panic. I need you to be persistent and be consistent. Lastly, keep in mind that sometimes the recovery is so slow that you might not actually get back to the level you once were before you had this injury. I know that sounds like a bummer, but in 20 years, you'll be much more satisfied if you stayed in your activity at a slightly lower level rather than give up on the activity entirely. Set your ego aside and keep that in mind. Folks, this is why I keep the focus of this podcast on doing cool things. If it weren't for the cool things, you wouldn't have much to orient yourself towards, and it's much harder to establish a direction for your recovery. And not having a direction is a tough situation to be in. That's why if you come to me and you say, I don't want to have back pain, I understand that sentiment, but it's not a really good therapeutic goal. It's kind of like saying, I never want to be hungry again. Well, not only is that unlikely, it isn't a very good therapeutic guide. Having your cool thing in mind to keep you oriented and motivated is key. If you don't have a cool thing, I really suggest picking up a cool thing during your recovery. I'll post an image of my path to recovery and the more souped up version that my buddy uh, Adam Meekins did for me a couple years ago. 
In future episodes, I may go into more detail about each phase as well as uh, how to navigate them. Okay, I need to finish this episode with what should be an obvious disclaimer, that this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered medical advice. Please consult your physician or healthcare provider for ways to handle your specific situation. And as always, stay in the fight.